Enter the Ebony Tower Podcast, a resource, conversation, and community for and by brilliant yet underrecognized and underrepresented scholars of color. This episode is sponsored by Topcoat. Topcoat believes that bold nails are for bosses, so they created bold, beautiful shades that work for the classroom, the office, even the beach. Also, as an added plus, all Topcoat polish is carcinogen-free, vegan, and paraben-free. Topcoat is proud to be a woman-owned and black-owned business, so visit their site today at www.taupecoat.com. Welcome back to the Ebony Tower. I'm Rachel. And I'm Daphne. And today we have another installment of Tales from the Tower. Yes, today we are welcoming a special guest, Omar, a PhD candidate in a social science field. Welcome, Omar. Hi. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are you both? Doing well. Not too bad. We're so excited to hear your story. Thank you. Okay, so we just want to give you the floor to tell us your story and we can make it as conversational as possible. So we'll let you get started. Okay, all right. So um, this is this happened to me in my uh, third year spring semester in my PhD program. To give like a little bit of back. So it happened between myself and another person from my cohort. Um, give a little bit of, I guess history so you might understand like where we're both coming from this individual you know uh we entered the phd program together our first semester in our program happened to be during occupy wall street so um you know our our institution's based in new york city so he was skipping class a lot to go occupy wall street and go to the protests and you know doing all that and so you know, a lot of us in the course, you know, we weren't skipping classes to go, but, you know, he's doing that a lot. You know, assignments weren't being turned in on time. So I understood where he was coming from, but kind of also speaking with like other people in our cohort and like seeing what he was doing, I kind of got, and this might be an unfair um, assumption, but I kind of got this sense of entitlement from him. Quick question. Is this a person of color? No, this is a white individual. Okay, just just yeah. checking. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't sure, like if I, if I should mention. I'm like, yeah. So then this white guy, but I'm like, I mean, it is kind of important. So and I and I do know that he came from a privileged background. I definitely got the sense of entitlement from him. I never had an issue with the guy. You know, he and I were always cool. There were other people in the cohort that kind of complained about him. He and I never had a problem. We were on friendly terms. Honestly, I actually liked having him in class with me and we were always good. So to explain a little bit about something that happened with me right before this course that we had together. So this course started in the spring semester of our third year. Previous semester, the day before Thanksgiving, someone very, very close to me passed away. And I was not, how do I say this? I wasn't processing that. You know, I wasn't dealing with it. I had like pretty much put on blinders and I was just trying to get through the coursework so that I can finish and honestly just leave the city and and hopefully, you know, go abroad to do my field work. So that was the state that I was in. I wasn't dealing with a lot of emotions. And so I found myself pretty impatient, a lot more than usual. And honestly, I wasn't really trying to put up with a lot of stuff that usually I had sort of brushed to the side and not really dealt with. We get to, you know, spring semester, third year, 
We're both taking a fellowship writing course. And the professor, very first day, says very clearly to all of us, he's like, listen, I understand all of you have a lot of stuff going on. Um, However, this class, because we're doing a lot of uh, feedback between everybody, like, you know, we all had to uh, read each other's work and give feedback. He said that has to be done on time. There is absolutely no excuse. You all have stuff going on. You're all teaching. You're all like, you know, in your third year. However, it's important that you understand that this has to be a priority because your time is not more important than anyone else's time. And there are fellowships coming up that you might want to apply for. So it's, he was saying like, it's imperative. You guys have to give back your feedback on time, which was before the class meeting. So this guy, I'm not surprised, which is sad to say, but true. He wasn't handing in anyone's feedback on time and he hadn't been assigned to me yet. So, you know, I, I was fine. But he he was assigned to like other friends of mine who would tell me, they would be like, you know, he hasn't sent our feedback in yet. It's like, it's late. And everyone in this course was submitting theirs on time because we took very seriously what the professor said, you know, like, yeah, obviously I care more about what I'm doing, but my time isn't more important than yours. So I got really upset seeing that he wasn't doing it because it came off as my time is more important than yours. Or, you know, so anyway, so I told them, I said, you guys should say something to the professor. You guys should say something to him. And they're like, no, 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 you know, it's fine. Like they didn't really feel like addressing it. And I said, I'm like, listen, if that happens to me, I'm calling him out. I'm I'm either going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to the professor, you know, because I I was like, that's ridiculous. Like we all agreed at the beginning of this class that we would do that, you know, Mm -hmm. that. So then he gets assigned to me. He doesn't hand it in on time. So, and this is where, you know, my reaction, while I don't apologize for it, I do wonder if I could have handled it differently, but another part of me doesn't, I mean, to be, to be perfectly blunt, I didn't really care. Well, we get in the class and we have the whole class. We're all going over like feedback, blah, blah, blah. So then at the end of the class, when the professor ends the class, right? So I raised my hand and I was like, Hey, when were we supposed to have gotten our feedback? I knew very damn well we were supposed to get it the night before, but I wanted to bring that up in class. I was, so I asked, I was like, when, I'll admit, it's a little passive aggressive of me, but I mean, I was like, you have to understand, I was pissed. I love like, subtle I was, shade. I think that is fine. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Like for him to not hand in our stuff on time, it, it, it really did feel like, oh, my time is more valuable than yours. I'm still wrecked from the passing that I was going through. So I had no patience for this. So then in class, I said, hey, so when are we supposed to get our feedback? And he says, oh, you should have gotten it already. And I said, right, that's what I thought. I didn't get one of mine because we were assigned two readers, right? I did not mention any names because I was like, let me not go too crazy with it. So then it turns out the guy is sitting right next to me in class and he turns to me and he says, oh yeah, sorry, that was me. I didn't say it's okay. I didn't say anything. I was just like, oh, okay. And he goes, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you, um, you know, as soon as possible. I was like, all right, cool. So then I go eat, I go check my email after that and I see an email from him. I open it up. So then the feedback for this class, you're supposed to say, uh, is this project feasible? Is the person proposing this project prepared? And is the project interesting? So it's like a scale of like one to five, like one being the least. 
he gave me all ones said like this project is completely unfeasible he's not prepared whatsoever it's like laughable like you know it's very dull project like all this stuff right and and also he says in the email he's like hey omar i noticed you were pressed for my feedback Oh, wow. <laughs> he called you yeah. pressed. <laughs> yeah, pressed. And I was just, okay. So I, I'm laughing at this email. So I said, I have a friend of mine next to me. And um, she's also an academic of color, you know, dealt with a lot of stuff like this. So I, I, I'm like, yo, read this. And she knows of this guy and she can't stand him. And she's like, you should go to the professor with this. And I was like, no, 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 I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm just going to ignore it. And, you know, keep working on this, like, completely, supposedly dull and um, ridiculous project. What I did instead of saying anything, I took that project. I applied for a nationwide prestigious fellowship, and I got it. Yes. I I was like, that's the best response. I didn't say anything to him. I didn't say I was applying. I didn't tell anyone. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to apply. And I got it. And I'm like, you know what? That's all I needed. I didn't need to hear anything else from this. But then, you know, so then I find out from other friends of mine that he went to the professor after class and felt, and told him, he's like, you know, I felt particularly attacked by Omar today. Like, you know, he like called me out. Keep in mind, I didn't mention his name. He's the one who brought up in class. Oh yeah, that was me. Hit dog will holler. <laughs> yeah. So then, and I mean, I'm just baffled that I'm like, I attacked you all of a sudden, which I kind of wanted to be like, you sh- did you read the email that you sent me? So, you know, he goes to the professor with this and, you know, apparently the professor, you know, just to, I guess, appease him, he, he asked a couple people in the class, apparently, if they felt that I attacked them. They were like, no, no, not at all. And to, and I, there was a part of me that really wanted to take that email that he sent and show it to the professor and be like, you see this bullshit? But I didn't because I was like, you know what? That's it. In the class, like I, I acted calm about it, but I was pissed because it was, it was like, this is bullshit. Like you're not treating anyone in this class with the same respect that we are treating you. And that's not fair. You know, and, you know, I said earlier, it was like, you know, I I don't know if like what I was going through, if maybe I could have handled it better. Like, should I have approached him individually? But at the same time, I don't apologize for what I did. I don't think what I did was out of line. You know, I remember a couple people in the class came up to me and they're like, oh, what were you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, nah, I just, I don't think you should have handled it like that. And I was like, well, I handled it. You didn't handle it. Two weeks ago, you were complaining that he didn't send your stuff in on time. Don't be mad at me because I handled it because I said that I would. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say like, oh, I'm going to do something and then not do it. Like, I was like, no, I'm going to. It's not fair. You know? And then, I mean, he, apparently he didn't have time to send it the night before, but he sent it real quick after I ca- called him out in class. So I just want to comment on that and say I don't think what you did was wrong, especially because you did you didn't call out any names. This person told on themselves, you know, they could have played coy in the same way that you did. Like Rachel said, I am all for a little passive aggressive shade because sometimes if you try to do aggressive aggressive, you know, then you have professors going around asking people, Omar, or somebody else attacked this person. So, you know, sometimes you have to play other people's games. I think it was kind of irresponsible of the students that came before you to not say anything, especially if they were bothered by the situation. And I'm happy you spoke up. You know, he was just mad that he got called out and he gave you that feedback so quickly. And the feedback was clearly bull. 
he did that just to like throw shade your way. But you know what they say? The best revenge is success. So I'm happy that maybe you didn't take the the follow-up to be petty to show that email because, you know, that's kind of getting like professors involved in like graduate school yeah, drama. Yeah. Um, so I do think you were right for calling it out. He told on himself and then you followed up with winning a fellowship, a nationally competitive fellowship. And, you know, I feel like that was the best revenge. So I'm happy you didn't kind of like involve other people, you know, in the drama after that. But you were not wrong. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. And, you know, it was it was a difficult decision because I remember I was just like, I mean, in that place, in that place that I was in mentally, I was just so quick to lash out. But I, I had to think first about my reputation in the program, how professors viewed me. And to be honest, I feel like he kind of dug himself a grave. Like he's complaining about being called out for not following the rules. You know what I mean? So I realized I was just like, you know, I need to wipe my hands clean of this. I said my piece, you know, in, in the class, I didn't need to address it further. And I didn't want to have a back and forth because it was like, honestly, at that point, I was like, I got more important shit to worry about. I'm not really concerned that I might, I may have hurt your feelings or I may have embarrassed you because you were disrespecting. I mean, that's just what it is. That was pure disrespect towards the rest of your cohort. You know, like nobody handed in his stuff late. You know, so. I want to say something about that too, because I think one of the things that bothers me a lot, uh, because I'm also in the social sciences, is that aspect of uh, this person not getting back to people in a course that is getting your uh, applications ready for uh, grants and scholarships, right? Because some of us in grad school so much rely on, because I'm an anthropologist and often we do field work, we go away, we have to pay for the flight, we have to pay to live in another country. Being able to get this feedback and put together an application that is strong and competitive to win money for field work is everything. If you don't get that money, there is no field work and that delays your entire process. Right. And so for this person to be so lackadaisical about like helping people with that process, which I will say often also may be uh, connected to the level of privilege that some people have that they don't have to worry about, right? Funding for uh, field work is just, I think that mm -hmm. is like one of the most infuriating part of this story to me is the non-recognition of how critical and how important this coursework was to other people, your, your colleagues, essentially, for their academic careers. Right. Yeah. I was going to add to that, Rachel, and say that some of us sometimes have difficulty like getting feedback from people on our committee or getting feedback from advisors. So I feel like this type of class, when you sign up, that's like signing a contract to say that I am going to be accountable to other people in this class. You know, I'm going to look out for them. And I think one thing that's so disrespectful is that he was getting probably all of this thoughtful and good feedback on his work and couldn't even and do it for anybody else like right, yeah. that is 
Like that blows my mind. And I know as the professor, in, in addition to trying to like dig around to see like, was this respectful or, you know, was the tone of this respectful? I personally would want to know if anybody else has experienced either late feedback or feedback not coming at all, because that would be the type of behavior that I want to call out because you're not going to be in my class getting feedback from other people using their time and resources and you not you are not as equally committed. So I do I'm actually happy you started the story off about entitlement because that's what that is. I'm entitled to your effort, to your work, but I don't have to do the same in return. Right, yeah. And I, and that's why I, I it just blew my mind how many people were were telling me like, oh yeah, we didn't get we didn't get his feedback, but and they were saying like we didn't expect to either. Like he has a reputation for this, you know what I'm saying? And I and I explained to them like, but that's not fair. You sent his feedback on time. Why don't you say something? But they were just avoiding, I guess, the confrontation. And and I feel like that pissed me off more because in a sense, like, yeah, they were congratulating me behind the scenes for standing up. A couple of them, some were like saying like, I, I'm, I should have handled it better, which I refused to acknowledge. <laughs> but, you know, I was kind of like, all right, but why didn't you back me up a little bit to be like, oh yeah, it was the same for us. It was the same for us. You know what I mean? I feel like there's still that like fear that of of confronting the guy which I could not understand because I'm like, you have so much to say behind his back. And I'm sort of the, the angry one for saying it, not even to his face. Cause I didn't call him out like by name. I just, but I, I did say it in front of him, you know? And, and yeah, I feel like I did it in a respectful way, but yeah, I mean, it just baffled my mind. I'm like, do y'all not care about the, res- the, the disrespect? Like how come you're telling other people about this, but you're not bringing it to the people who matter, which is the professor and the person who's essentially disrespecting your time. So I have another question. Are the other students, were they minorities um, in a sense, like, you know, being racial minorities or women? Were there any other, like, I guess, white males that had experiences and weren't willing to call it out? Or were the other students also uh, from like minority or minoritized backgrounds? Um, the two that I remember the most were both white men, but there were definitely uh, women and other people of color in the class that I'm assuming if they went before me, they probably got their feedback. I mean, that's not fair. Uh, the two that I remember were white men. So Okay. Because what I was trying to understand is like, you know, I think that sometimes I know as you know, PhD students of color or like people in all types of work background, they don't want to have that stereotype as the angry black person or, you know, as the emotional woman who, you know, makes a big deal about things. So that might stop them from like calling people out, even if it's done in a very professional manner. So I was trying to figure out like how that played into it, but seeing like who didn't, it's just kind of like, okay, they probably just gave him a pass. Um, but like I said, I, I don't think you should feel any type of way about what you did. I'm happy um, no, that you held that person I, accountable. I knew, I knew it. I knew it. I'm like, I'm going to come off as like this angry brown boy. But at that point, I was an angry brown boy. Like I really didn't care about that. And I was like, I'm going to handle it respectfully. I'm not going to, you know, like, you know, like put my finger in his face or anything like that. But it's interesting that I didn't bring up his name and then he goes to the professor and feel and says, like, I personally attacked him. And 
that him saying like, Oh, you were super pressed for this. And I'm like, actually really what I was doing was in a respectful way. I want to go all like Maxine Waters and be like reclaiming my time sort of thing. But like, that's essentially what it felt like. Like it was just like, I was asking for what I felt like I was due, but I think he was just mad that he had gotten away with it for so many weeks and I refused Yeah, I also think, you know, I mean, the obvious thing is the racialized dynamic where people kind of put it off and then essentially put this uh, um, burden on you to be the angry brown boy. And like, you must we must all be aware of how that is. Like if I put someone of color in the position to come off as the angry person, you know, like you would think that your colleagues would have been a little bit more cognizant of that, at least in the moment, anyone who also felt that that those actions were unfair to back you up and not just make you the one brown, angry man in the room, right? Like, that sucks, man. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was, I was a bit like, I don't want to say I was upset. To be honest, I didn't expect anyone to back me up, even though... I could have been like, and I'm not the only one. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is me. I'm not going to speak for anyone else. I felt like even if it just happened once, that was enough. You know, um, because that's the agreement we made. We would not turn in anyone's late. The fact that it happened to multiple people, it was like, all right, fine. If you're going to, you know, ignore it and make it out to be like, oh, I'm the only one who's willing to speak up. That's cool. I don't mind being the only one willing to speak up. But I refused to join them in keeping quiet. So, mm-hmm, Omar, mm-hmm. what is the takeaway from this story? What is something you want to impart to Ebony Tower listeners from this experience? I mean, it, it happens so much with students of color um, where we feel like we almost can't speak up and we can't fight for what we deserve because we worry like of the reputation we're going to gain suddenly, you know what I mean? Because for us to speak up and say something, we automatically get labeled angry. Um, And it's not fair. And I've seen so many of my classmates and in other departments, also people of color who were just kind of stomaching injustices. And, and it, 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 and and I, I, I really want to, um, have a couple of my friends uh, speak to you guys because it, it, I, I remember just being like, why don't you say something? Why don't you say something? And it, it's because we're put in this place of fear and feeling like our position in these departments aren't secure. They aren't stable, we, which is messed up. And that's why a lot of us leave the departments. You know, I know people who left because they couldn't, you know, deal with the, the bureaucracy and, and, Granted, my situation was not that extreme. I mean, there are people who have horrible experiences with advisors. And if they really were to speak up against them, that would, um, I guess, endanger their place in the department. So I can understand why some people do keep quiet. It's just if you feel like you are not in that position and that especially when it's with another classmate, because it's like, listen, we're at the same level. You know what I mean? Then speak up. And I understand that there is that worry about gaining that stereotype. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't speak up, nothing's going to change. There's this phrase in Spanish that my mom always uses, um, like, oh gosh, what is it? I forget the exact word, but basically what it is, is like the baby who doesn't cry. Yeah, doesn't I've get heard fed. that before. 
feels like you have to say, you have to say some things um, if you can. Like, and I have to stress that because I know that the situation that I was in, I had the privilege of being able to speak up and really not worry too much about consequences because it was in a class, it was with another student. And I understand that people have way more serious and dire situations where they really feel like they cannot speak up. But then if you're in that situation, I think it's important to also rely on your your cohort. And by when I say cohort, I don't mean the people who you enter the program with. I mean your chosen cohort, like the people that you gather from like different years, different departments. Because that's, that's that. who I your felt that chosen back cohort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, because I'll be real. I don't, I, I mean, my cohort was fine, but I don't talk to any of them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, we're like, we're cool. If I see them, you know, whenever, like I'll, I'll be nice, but th- they weren't my, my community. Like the community that I had was from different years in different departments and mostly other students, not entirely, but mostly other students of color because we understood what we were going through together. Yeah, we do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us feel very alone in the departments and I think it's important to branch out um, and find people who you can create that sense of community with because they honestly are the people that you're going to fall back on when you need help. Mm-hmm. And that's why I stress this chosen cohort because I could not rely. I mean, you saw, I couldn't really rely on my cohort in that moment because most of the class was people from my cohort. And when I said what had happened, nobody backed me up to be like, oh yeah, me too. Oh yeah, me too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that idea. I feel like I have a chosen cohort uh, as well. And a lot of us are from different programs. And I just realized that like some of us will be like graduating in the same year. And that makes me so excited because we like, are we going to get all the picks together? And any, even if we're not, like you said, those are the people that I go to when I have questions, uh, things of that nature. When I think about your takeaway I also think about, I feel like there should be professional development for people of color or or people who have historically been made to feel like if they speak up, they will be negatively stereotyped. So we had an episode, uh, it was an Ask Ebony Anything episode, and a student, you know, had gotten a negative reputation based on speaking up about different things. And I think that there needs to be some professional development, especially for us people of color or women, about how to handle different things. Because this is a very political uh, field in terms of like our profession And we can't sit back and just grin and bear because then things will never change. So I I would be interested in and and maybe we can ask, you know, some of the professors that we speak to, Rachel, about how to navigate and handle these things, because I don't think it's right to just accept what is given to you. Right, right. But there's also this like level of frustration that we almost need to watch our words so carefully, watch our behavior so carefully when I don't see a lot of our white counterparts sort of taking that care and creating a really calculated message unless they're talking to people of color because then they're like, oh no, I need to be real calculated so that I don't come off as a racist, which seems to be like the only thing that they're concerned about Definitely sometimes. Definitely true. True. Like, I find like that's when they're calculated. Yeah, like, like, like if they're complaining about someone else, like there's just this like almost abandonment, like I can say whatever I want and I'm not going to have to worry about it. I was planning for like hours before this class how I was going to say it because I, I knew I wanted to bring it up in class with other people because there was a little bit of me that hoped that I would get some backup. I didn't, but that's all right. But like I was I was like really going through it. Like, all right, how do I say it? How do I not come off 
as um, unprofessional or angry or this and that. And I remember being like, this is such bullshit that I have to do this, that I have to prepare hours in advance to make sure that I don't come off wrong. Somehow. Yeah. And I guess the irony you know? is that you spent the time doing that. I, from what you just told me, think that your approach was totally fine. However, you still in the end received the commentary that you came off aggressive, right? So it doesn't even matter how much you plan or yeah, what yeah. you do. Sometimes the vocabulary is there to deal with people of color saying something that's out of pocket. Right. And I think that was because this was a friend of mine because, and I remember I actually did value his opinion and I was like, and we were a bunch of us were talking after class about it. And I was like, what did you think? And I, and I asked him like genuinely, because I did like his, his opinion did matter to me. He was like, I wouldn't have done it that way. It, you know, it just came off kind of like uh, angry, a little unprofessional. And I was like, okay, what did I say per se that was so in bad taste? I was, and, and, and also how did it come off? I didn't mention names. And I almost had to remind people, like I did not call him out by name. And then they almost had to think back and like, oh, right, you didn't. And I was like, right. And I said, listen, you, as my friend, were one of the people who complained to me that you didn't get feedback. So for me, yes, my priority was to speak for myself. But a part of me was also like, I also wanted to speak for you because I, I, it pissed me off that you um, also got disrespected and you didn't say anything. You know what I mean? And, and after I said that, he kind of understood and sort of was like, oh, OK, I definitely see your side now. But, you know, I mean, it was so upsetting. I was like, but you had the exact same complaints. Why am I wrong for bringing it up? You know, and, and like, you know, someone mentioned like, you know, but maybe you should have just gone to him one on one. I did consider that, but I also didn't think that that would change anything. Like I thought I needed it to be in the class with other people and with the professor because I want I also did want witnesses. Mm hmm. Um, just because I was not about to play and have anybody try to tell, you know, a professor like, oh, Omar approached me like such and such and such. I was like, no, I'm going to have witnesses. So you cannot say, I mean, you still say I can, I attacked you apparently, but I mean, that was clearly was not the case. And that's why I'm, I'm I don't, I honestly, I'm like trying to think like, do I regret how, I, no, there's like no regrets there. You know, I don't apologize for what I did. I honestly would do it again the exact same way. And, you know, I mean, I spoke up for myself, but, but that's what happens to us as people of color. We start to question, like, I'm going to my mom, like, did I handle the right? She's and she's sitting there. She's like, yes. What are you talking about? Yes. You see that entitlement? You called him out. Good that you did that, you know, but we're, we're almost trained to question, like speaking up for ourselves and, and like, should we have just kept silent and, or should we have just let it go? And it's kind of bullshit. And honestly, at that time, I was so sick of it. I was so impatient that, you know, I, I, I was like, I can't sit with myself if I don't say something. So I'm glad I did. Uh, well, I'm glad you did too. And for our listeners, I think this is just a story. You, you've dropped a lot of gems, especially with like, why do you have to sit with the burden of like being silent and, and things of that nature? And I, I think you are spot on uh, when you say that, you know, questioning yourself. And I'm happy that you keep coming back to the I don't regret it. 
it was the right thing to do. And I think for listeners, when you're in these situations where things are wrong, yes, it does suck that you have to be calculated. And I'm also happy that Omar, you thought about like having other people around, even though it was still misconstrued. I'm I'm happy, you know, you thought about these things and it sucks that we have to think about these things, but you know, that's the game. Hopefully we can like change this academic game a little bit as we continue navigating it. We can definitely try to change things, you know, when we're winning fellowships and, you know, we're showing that we got the stuff. Um, but I'm happy you don't feel any, any regret. And I don't think you should. No, not at all. <laughs> and then we're, I mean, we're cool now. Like by the end of the semester, we were talking like normal. You know what I mean? Like it, it's I mean, it's crazy, you know, that it had to happen that way. But honestly, like we I think we also build it up to think it's going to turn out worse than it was. I mean, granted, have we resolved the issue? Not really, because we never spoke about it. We've both ignored the issue, which is not resolving it. But I don't think either one of us really cares enough to do so. And we're at a place where we're both civil with each other. It turned out it, it turned out fine. And, and unfortunately, there are people that don't have that experience. But that's why I was just like, yeah, let me let me tell this story because I think it's important. Can I close this session with a Beyonce quote? <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, are you gonna do? Are you gonna do the whole like best respect is your paper, uh, best revenge is your paper kind of thing? Yes. Why? We, I was why did you not let that. me do it? No, no, no. You could do it. You could do it. I, I did the Maxine Waters quote. You do that one. I was just like, I was like, I, I remember thinking it in my head, but I was like, nah, that'd be too corny for me to do. So I actually really liked when you referenced Maxine Waters. That was good. Because I remember, I felt it so much when I watched that clip of her being like, reclaiming my time. And everyone was like, oh, she's acting so angry. She, I'm like, what was she doing that was angry? What was she doing that was unprofessional? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she handled that the way it, it should have okay. been handled. But yes, yeah, Rachel, you, you, you end off with that quote. <laughs> you know you bad when you cause all this conversation. Always stay gracious. Best revenge is your paper. Yes. If you're interested in being featured on the Ebony Tower, have topic ideas, or simply want to ask Ebony anything, visit our website, www.theebonytower.com, or email us at info at theebonytower.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Ebony Tower. And please don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform.